Hello, I'm Derek Doak, and you're listening to the Real Estate Investment Insights Podcast. For over 25 years, I've been serving the investment property industry, from preparing tax returns for property owners when I worked in public accounting, to creating multi-million dollar syndications as a commercial broker. Throughout my career, I've always had a passion for learning and teaching what I've learned to others. This podcast is for fellow brokers, agents, investors, and real estate syndicators wanting to learn from those that have done it. My goal is to bring value to you through the sharing of best practices and industry knowledge. Each episode is geared towards providing knowledge and insights on industry topics and trends. Please enjoy this episode, and if I can be of any assistance, please reach out to me at Derek at DokeMail.com. Now enjoy the show. Hello and welcome to another Real Estate Investment Insights podcast. I'm your host, Derek Doak. And with me today is Ethan Canning. And Ethan is with NAI Business Properties out of Billings, Montana. Um, our voices might sound a little graggly or scraggly because we've been in a <laughs> conference here in New Orleans, which, uh, shout out to New Orleans, great place to be. Come visit if you can for the NAI Global Conference uh, 2022. A lot of great ideas being shared and uh, just love the uh, the atmosphere around other brokers and agents. So, uh, Ethan, welcome. Yeah, thanks for having me. I've got a little bit of the sniffles from maybe too many Sazeracs and a couple of late nights, but I'm feeling good. So I'm excited so, to be here. So we can't. So all this knowledge we're giving you, I have to put a disclaimer, may come with a, a, a little bit of a buzz, but yeah. you know, other than that, we should be good. Um, right. Well, what what I really wanted to talk about, and you and I talked about this offline quite a bit, which is what's going on in, in Montana. You know, mm-hmm. besides Yellowstone being an incredible production that's out yeah, there, people talking about loves it. That. Um, the the market itself, I mean, it's God's country. It's beautiful. Mm-hmm. And so I know there's people that are moving in the area now with these mobile uh, offices. People can work from anywhere. Mm-hmm. So uh, maybe, you know, introduce yourself and your firm first. Okay. And then we'll dive into just talking about, you know, what's going on in Montana and where the opportunities might be. Yeah. So my name's, again, like Derek said, Ethan Canning. I was born and raised in Billings, Montana. Left for college actually in Bellingham, just north of you guys. Um, lived in Seattle for a while and then moved back. We had our fourth kid and I needed free babysitting. So I came back to be close to my family. Um, I've been with NAI Business Properties now six years. I've been an owner for two. Um, I'm a broker there mainly specializing in investment product and multifamily sales. And I also run our appraisal and valuation group. And uh, this is my fourth NAI convention and just love getting together with everyone. Yeah, no, it's, it's a good time. And I'm going to do a shout out to fellow Vikings, you know, because, uh, you know, go yeah. with the Western. You know about the Vikings, oh, Absolutely. Yeah. My wife and I both went to Western. Oh, so, I didn't um, know that. That's yeah, great. Yeah, it's a great spot. Beautiful. Um, well, when you think about investment properties and you think about Montana, there are certain – I mean, maybe give an overview of like Montana as a whole, mm-hmm. and then and then uh, and then we'll kind of dive into like the certain pockets that you might see um, yeah. as an opportunity. So, yeah, so Montana is interesting because we have a lot of land, so it keeps land prices low, um, and we only have a million people, so there's not a lot of big colleges. A million, and, yeah, a million total. So our so Billings is the largest city, largest market. Um, we only have about 120,000 people in the entire county. So we kind of act as the geographic center spot for everything between maybe Denver over to Boise, Spokane, and all the way to Minneapolis. So anything that comes into like, you know, towards Canada or in our market runs through us first. So a lot of industrial logistics, uh, kind of last mile distribution happening there, but also really jump off point to North Dakota into, into, uh, Northern Wyoming, places like that. We've got a couple of little colleges, a couple, uh, 
but it's mainly mainly oil and gas, ag commodities, and distribution has always kind of been a bread, bread and butter in the Montana space. Uh, the I-90 corridor is important. Basically, that runs east to west, you know, all the way to you guys in Seattle. And so on the I-90 corridor, you've got Billings, Bozeman, and over Missoula. Those are the three, let's call them our larger markets, which means that they have more than 30,000 people, which might sound silly, but, it, you know, there's enough activity both on the retail office, uh, multifamily and industrial side. Um, and they've been growing like crazy. What we've seen, I guess, from a trends perspective, uh, Montana's always been a, you know, strong but sleepy market. Um, we say it's not a sexy market, but you'll get appreciation. Um, it's kind of a steady eddy market. After the crash, what we found is a lot of people in our market were not over leveraged. And so instead of having these mass, um, REO sales or people going to, um, auctions, everyone just kind of sat on their hands. Everything froze, but we, um, what we say is our, our highs are lower, but our, our lows are higher. So we're just kind of right in the middle. So the economy is really safe. Um, and we recovered from the recession, uh, much quicker in 09, 10, 11, 12. Um, but what we're seeing now is that we have been deemed somehow a COVID proof space. And so because of the land, because of the job opportunity and because of our like local and county and state governments, we've, we're seeing a ton of people move in. Um, second homes, people working remote, especially like in the Bozeman and Missoula markets, people that work in maybe Seattle or San Francisco firms are moving to those spaces for the first time and working remote. Most of the folks that are moving to Billings are more kind of more blue collar workers, so contractors. Um, we've got a big medical presence too. Um, so we're seeing a, a huge influx. I think, I think we're probably top five in the country for, um, net positive of folks coming in. Um, the other thing to understand is that the investment interest in our market has gone crazy. So over the last 12 to 18 months, um, we've seen cap rates compress 1% to 2% basically in all sectors, especially multifamily, especially industrial. Um, that doesn't mean that they're not good opportunities and things to buy. You just have to be a little bit more diligent. Um, another thing, too, that maybe we can talk about later is that a lot of these deals are now happening off market. So yeah. those deals are controlled by local brokerage groups like myself and our other owners and our other brokers at NEI. So the deals still get there, but you need to build relationships first with the local brokers, and then we expose the deals on that side. Yeah. No, I mean, I, you, you can't emphasize that enough. I mean, a relationship is mm -hmm. how you get a deal. And especially if you're doing the fiduciary responsibility for your clients as investors, yeah. you want to make sure you're working with someone on the other side you can trust yep. and somebody who knows you and yep. knows what kind of person you are. So it's, uh, and I think you brought it up. I think, I, I think it was last night or today when you were talking about, you really need to have those relationships going before you start searching. I mean, yeah. you should really have a relationship versus just dropping a call on somebody and say, hey, I saw you say I've listed mm -hmm. versus once you build those relationships, it's a lot easier conversation to have. And, and you can potentially get first sight on that when it first comes available. Yeah. My philosophy, my cheesy statement is that you need to build the relationships before you need them. Yeah. Um, and so we have, Mont I mean, our philosophy is relationships are king. I think that's how the commercial world works uh, nationally and globally. But in Montana, it's still a very old fashioned way of doing business. Uh, we don't we don't function on contracts oftentimes it's handshakes and so we work with a lot of you know kind of older seller groups and they they love and appreciate and trust us and so they really lean us on us heavily for guidance and consulting and expertise and so if they get cold called from an investor group out of seattle you might get the phone's going to get slammed but if they come through us and we have that local relationship maybe we went to our kids went together at school um they know our last name just from being in the town that's a much better way from an investor or broker perspective to get access to these deals that are, might be off market or if they're cold calling, looking for potential purchases. Now, I don't know much about Montana. What's the distance, like drive time between the three 
kind of main areas that you were talking about? Yes, yeah, so we're the I think we're the fourth largest state nationally. It's about 700 miles east to west. Okay. We're kind of right in the middle at the bottom, more towards Wyoming. From where Billings at, is at, if you head west, you hit Bozeman in two hours, and it's about three more hours to Missoula, so five hours from Billings to Missoula. From there, you head north to Kalispell, to that kind of Flathead area. Flathead Lake and the Kalispell area and Whitefish have been exploding. There's a huge extreme interest in um, second homes and lake properties on Flathead Lake, so the property values have been going up there. Um, so I guess a quick note on residential too. Our property values residentially have gone up anywhere from 10 to 40%. In Billings, it's a little bit more muted, maybe 10%, but Bozeman, from the stuff that I've seen, is the fastest growing microeconomy, which means you have 50,000 people or less nationally. And from a home value perspective, looking at the entire Northern Rockies, Bozeman and uh, Boise have had the fastest home growth. I can tell you quickly too that a home, the average home in Billings a year or two ago was 225,000. Now it's about 350. The average home in the same thing in Bozeman might cost you eight or nine hundred thousand dollars, and Missoula's in the middle at five or six hundred thousand. And so that's why you're seeing the Bozeman's kind of going nuts. We kind of compare Bozeman more towards like Boise, baby Denver, or even Spokane. Um, and we see the people that are working there are living there, but they don't work there. So they might be the, you know, software engineer that works in San Francisco that lives in in Bozeman, which has caused that inflation on the housing prices. Is there a fair amount of like direct flights out of there as well? So along the West Coast, oh, yeah, you can get their airports. Their airports yeah. going nuts. I mean, our market's twice as big and their airport's better. So oftentimes we're driving to Bozeman just to get a better okay. flight, which is annoying, but you just got to embrace it. It's the, it's yeah. the Yellowstone effect again. <laughs> the Yellowstone effect. <laughs> yeah, you mentioned something earlier about somebody who did some research and then all of a sudden when the show started, Oh yeah, the, the all of a sudden exponential growth of searching for homes. Yeah, in, we uh, we talked to another another tech firm, and they they told me just today that um, during and about an hour after this, when a, a new episode of Yellowstone airs, um, searches on land in Montana, investment properties, homes, and ranches spikes forty three percent in the ninety minutes during the show. So <laughs> it's a real thing, and we have data to prove it. Yeah, that's amazing. That's uh, that's great. Um, what about infrastructure? When you think of, of growth like that and, and everything we're doing is connected. We had a conference today earlier. We were mm-hmm. talking about the whole growth of needing to have connectivity and access to high-speed fiber and so forth. Mm-hmm. What's the infrastructure like around Internet um, in those areas or the main, main areas? Yeah, I think it's it's sufficient, but I'd say sluggish. I know that Billings and the, the Missoula market are well-positioned within the city limits for infrastructure for both residential and commercial work. Um Bozeman's biggest challenge is that they're growing so rapidly, especially to the west, um, that they're struggling with figuring out how to give water to everybody. And I think that that infrastructure is going to increase, you know, development costs, which is going to get passed through the end user, whether you're leasing, purchasing commercial property or buying residential. But from an infrastructure perspective, we can support um, everything we need to. And I'm on a couple local boards and work with the economic development councils, and there's an extreme um, interest and motivation to continue infrastructure based on fiber, based on additional roads, based on rail to kind of support our existing industries, which, like I said, are ag, kind of the industrial stuff and the medical corridors. Now, is there a lot of uh, rezoning going on now? I mean, are they starting to rezone more into uh, residential type uh, developments so you can get larger tracts of developments? Yeah, so that's that's a great point. The, the other thing that's probably unique to Montana, which makes sense based on our size as opposed to a larger market like where you're at, is we have a lot of land. So that keeps the that keeps the um, prices low, but it comes back to infrastructure. And so we're, we just had Billings, where I'm at, we just reworked our entire zoning code for the first time in 30 years. 
and they're more focusing on higher density multifamily. So I think like a lot of markets in the United States, we're struggling with having enough uh, affordable housing in general or affordable housing, whether to purchase or to rent. Um, and so we're seeing a massive expansion um, to the West, which is in Billings where we have our available land. Um, and we're seeing unparalleled interest in land from out of state um, developers to purchase land at prices that we've never seen before. Um, so two points on that. Number one, um, we had Mike Walker and I, who's our managing partner at the office, we had 50 acres of land that we had listed for about a year, year and a half, medium interest. The Wall Street Journal article came out, which I know a lot of people saw, proclaiming Billings as the most affordable, best town to live in. Within 60 days, we had eight offers. Hmm. And wow. so I'm, I can't definitively say it's the Wall Street Journal, but yeah. it had been listed for a year and a half. Two of those offers were full price, and we sold the 50 acres in December, and most of that's going to be multifamily development. Yeah. The other thing that we've seen, too, for the first time is that we had, we didn't have a lot of speculative de- development happening because we had stagnated rents, and our cost of construction was going up just like everyone else. But with the rents not going, it, it, um, it kind of froze. But now um, our rents have gone up. Um, to extreme numbers um, for our market. So to, to use some num- some numbers, we were at about a buck a square foot per month. So I mean, a 700 square foot space might cost $700. And now that's jumped to eleven or $1,200, mm-hmm. which for our market has now loosed the property development. And um, especially on an infill perspective, we're seeing a lot of folks come in from out of state, buying two acres, seven acres, up to 50 acres, and build multifamily condos and townhomes for the first time. Some for sale, but mostly for rent because rents are now at a level um, that they've never been at, which supports development, which yeah. is exciting for us. Also, too, historically on the multifamily side, our vacancy was usually 6 to 9%. Citywide, I run our data and research team. Uh, when, we, when we redid the survey three months ago, we were looking at about 5,500 properties, and I only found 25 that were available. Wow. So we're less than 0.5% vacancy-wise, yeah. which, again, I think has really contributed to the uh, development yeah. activity we've seen. And what about job growth? I mean, uh, with that, especially when you come into a town like that, there's certain compensation levels for service-based uh, workers. Mm-hmm. Are are they – is compensation rising? Is there enough competition for those um, – those employees that the, the comp is getting there to where they can afford to stay in the town or is there, I mean, how, how are they, how are you guys dealing with that? Yeah. So I think Bozeman, I think is struggling because the people that are coming into Bozeman already have money or making money elsewhere. And so they're kind of booing this economy that's ostracizing the local group. Missoula is probably in the middle where you, if you have a great job, you can afford it. If not, um, people are getting pushed out. Um, to go back to Bozeman, there's people that are locals there that are going to school or working in these service-based jobs who are living in motorhomes along kind of the main retail corridors because they can't find they can't find a place to live. And if they can, it's about a thousand dollars per bedroom. Mm. Um, Billings is a much healthier space. Our rents are lower. We have we're struggling with vacancy as well, just because it's so low. Um, but our incomes have come up. Um, but with our extreme growth that we've seen, our biggest problem is we just can't find people to pay. So that's yeah. also buoyed. Um, like at least for us personally, we've, we've, we've bumped our salaries five, 10 or sometimes 20%, which is interesting. You know, as a business owner, busy do that for the new hire, you now have to go back right. retroactively and look at everybody, yep. um, and make sure that, that that's fair. Um, from an HR perspective, uh, everyone that has a job, at least in our market, Everyone that wants a job has one. Yeah. And so our entire HR philosophy is we just have to poach people. And you poach people, you know, you win them. You can win them lots of ways, but we try to win them with culture. But you also have to make sure the pay matches. Yeah. Yeah, it makes sense. I mean, I know for us, 
at NAI Pugetown Properties in the Bellevue office, it's the same way. You know, it's the culture. You know, mm-hmm. we got a great bunch of people just like you guys do. Yeah. You try to instill that and give people a place of growth. So compensation is important, but it's also, is it where you want to be, mm-hmm. the cultural fit? And I can imagine where you're at, it's it's fairly competitive to get yeah. good people. I mean, yeah. there's, there's just not... Well, and you guys, I mean, as a plug to you and Scott and the crew, you guys have won Best Employer, I think, three out of the last four years. So I, I'm, I look <laughs> I look on from afar to admire that immensely. Well, speaking of plug, you just won the, the top firm oh. of NAI, just, or top NAI Global Firm and all of NAI Global. Yeah, so, I, I've been telling you know, people we were named the yeah. top firm of the whole earth. So <laughs> <laughs> It's like it's you drop the mic and yeah. kind of move on. Yeah. It's like, okay, I'm done. <laughs> <laughs> no, but my one of my friends, John, he always says, like, what you win people with is what you win them to. Yeah. And so if you win somebody with a high salary, but your culture sucks, yep. you know, at some point someone's going to trump you. So we lead with culture, but we always make sure that we're paying people well. Yeah. And so that's, and I, I believe we can do the best job at that. And obviously you guys are doing the same thing too. And well, that creates long-term vibrant employees. And, and, and with your clients, right? You want to bring yeah. in good clients. And sometimes the, the, the best win you have is when you say no to a client mm-hmm. or a prospect because it's just not the right fit culturally yeah. to bring them in, no mm-hmm. matter how big the ticket is. And I think that's one thing NAI as a whole has done a good job of. So not to plug NAI too much, but, no, that, yeah, but, I think, but that's part of that, yeah. that, that reasoning of we work, we want to work with good people. And, and so we want to, and that attracts the right people to come and join us just like with you. So yeah. And I think um, once, once you have success, you, you, you end up being defined by what you say no to and not what you say yes to. Yeah. And we get tra- caught in the trap where you try to say no yes to everything and you end up kind of violating your core principles, not only to your staff, but to your clients and sometimes even to your family. Yeah. So we work really hard to make sure we're saying no. But we're, we're not great at it, but we're getting better. Yeah, yeah. We go, everyone has room for improvement, right? <laughs> yeah. Everyone has room for improvement. So when you think about the market, where it is today, um, knowing there's just a, a lot of interest to invest in real estate, especially investment properties mm-hmm. uh, around the country, yeah. and then you think about your markets, are there certain pockets that uh, – People should be keeping an eye on or getting to know people in those areas and saying, Here, here's a market that is prime for growth. Um, yeah. Yeah. So I'll, I'll, I'll try to quickly plug and give a little overview. So if, if you're interested in, as a plug for ourselves, if you're interested in investing in Montana, we're in Billings, but we cover the entire state. We're also licensed in Wyoming. Um, so reach out. We've got 14 brokers in our firm. All of us are generalists, but we all specialize in certain areas. My specialty is in multifamily and investment work. Um, so we'd love to work with, you know, if you, if, if you need help, data, anything, let us know. Um, to go through five markets quickly, we'll talk about Billings, Bozeman, uh, kind of the Flathead area, Missoula, Kalispell, and then Great Falls and Helena. Okay. Um, I'll start with Bozeman. Bozeman cap rates are, are nuts. They're probably 4%, which for our market is, is staggering. Bozeman's seeing the fastest rent 4% growth. 4% in Bozeman. Oh, yeah. Wow. And probably, I bet you, you could high threes maybe. Okay. Um, the fastest rent growth... Like I said, they're the fastest growing microeconomy. They're also, they also have Montana State University and the amount of money flowing into them and with the Yellowstone effect is, is just insane. So if you're, if you love four to five caps in a fast growing kind of microeconomy, um, that's your spot. Missoula, um, is kind of right behind them. They're probably four and a half to six caps. And this is mainly for multifamily or kind of high end. Um, investment product. They also have the University of Montana, so there's a big college and then um, presence, and then they have some tech. Bozeman's our tech hub of the state, so all okay. of the big players, um, Oracle and everyone like that, are in Bozeman, which contributes to top-paying jobs, which then keeps yeah. everything else buoyed as well. So those are kind of the most aggressive markets from low cap rates, um, also the most competition um for just from a buyer perspective. Yep. Billings is kind of in the middle. We're still selling things in the 5 6 7% range 
from a cap rate perspective. We do have two smaller colleges, but we're more kind of a blue collar, you know, slightly redneck community, I would say. Yeah. Um, which, which I love, but, uh, like our, our rents are going up, but not at the level of those two. Okay. Um, for someone that's interested in Montana, I, I, I secretly, I think Helena and Great Falls are these kind of smaller communities to the north. They're seeing steady growth. Um, Helena has a ton of infrastructure. I mean, it's our state capital, so there's a bunch of kind of institutional folks up there in Great Falls as well. These are sleepy markets where people are buying things in the six, seven, eight, nine cap range. Um, if you've got a little bit of perseverance and grit and want to get yep. your hands dirty and like there, I think there's opportunity to be had there. Um, the other reason why I like Helena is because a lot of people are moving to Montana for quality of life, access to outdoors, green spaces, things like that. Helena sits right at the base of the mountains. You've got a lake nearby, which is beautiful. You've got skiing and it's only, I, th- I think it's, I should know this, 20, 30,000 people. Well, I think they're poised for growth. Yeah. And I think if yeah. you can get in now, I think, um, and you know, some, and it's at the core, I think you're going to see solid rent growth too, and you're still seeing cap rates that that are pretty strong. Yeah, yeah, that's and it's always you know there's a fine line between a cap rate and a yield chaser, right? Yeah, and that's and true. and I know I remember in the days when we were buying stuff in Eastern Washington, in Idaho, just for the cash flow, mm-hmm. it wasn't an appreciation play. Yeah, and the west side of the mountains was always the appreciation play. Yep. And then now you're starting to see that a little bit shifting because mm-hmm. you're seeing everything, you know, Coeur d'Alene area, which is a beautiful area. And yeah. Spokane, which is beautiful. I mean, that whole marketplace, um, you, you're just seeing this lift of quality, life quality, everything that goes along with it. Yeah. And the life sciences are coming in. Mm-hmm. And I just imagine it's a, it's a matter of time before you start seeing more of that, like the life sciences, the biotech, the, mm-hmm. you know, the other types of um, high paying job type opportunities because yeah. you got talent pool there you got universities you got yeah. education and, th- so, and th- so all those folks are going to land in bozeman and missoula yeah. frankly and that's what and they have been and they will keep doing it that's a great way to think about it, i think from an appreciation versus cash flow perspective if you if you want or need or love appreciation you should go to bozeman or missoula which is why the cap rates are lower if you want a little bit of both billings is your sweet spot if you're happy with more cash flow and a little bit more sluggish appreciation Great Falls or Helena. I think Helena's kind of our, that's my, that's my sneaky pick. That's for, your sleeper? For, yeah, it's my sleeper. Yeah, and if yeah. I had to move to Helena tomorrow, I think my wife, my wife might hate it, but I, I wouldn't be, I yeah. wouldn't be upset because I love being outdoors. Yeah. Um, well, I, all Montana. I mean, I, I went to a conference in, I, I think, is it Whitefish? Is that the name mm-hmm. of it? Or, yeah. Yeah. Um, they, they had a, a, a conference up there. And, oh, it's beautiful. And it was, yeah. It. My wife went river rafting while I was in the conference and she came because yeah. this is, you know, <laughs> it's just, it's just beautiful. And she came from Alaska. So for her. Yeah. Oh, you know, she knows. Yes. Yeah, so the she, best part is we yeah. get people coming in in the summertime and they're like, we love it here. And then they move and then it's February and it's 20 below and windy. Yeah. You're like, oh, how are things now? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, that's the joke in Idaho, right? Yeah. All the Californians moving in. Give them a summer, give them a winter. Yeah. And they're going to go back yeah, to California. Back. Yeah. <laughs> so who knows what will happen, but it's, yeah. uh, it's, it's, it's great marketplaces, um, where you guys are at. Mm-hmm. And, and for us and our investors, we're just trying to find opportunities. And the listeners that listen to the podcast primarily are other brokers, like I said earlier. And, looking to team up, you know, how do yeah. I, how do I help my investors that are either selling something in Seattle or the, mm-hmm. the Puget Sound marketplace or anywhere in the state of Washington where some of these cap rates are just, you know, three, 4%. Yeah. And they want to put the equity to work somewhere else. Mm-hmm. And that could be a, a, you know, a nice safe haven, but also, you know, a nice place to be. Yeah. I think the other thing that I, too, that I tell, I think that's unique about the Montana market um, from a broker and investor perspective is there's a lot of sneaky, good, Kind of redevelopment, restabilization deals. Um, we don't have a lot of new product at scale, um, for example. But there's a lot of stuff that was built in the 70s that's been um, 
I think we have a lot of unsophisticated landlords, a lot of people that own just these one-off properties or maybe inherited them, and they don't know what the term asset management means. They don't know how to keep rents up. Their NOI is a mess. Their OPEX is too high. And so um, there's a, you, know, you might have to come in with a little bit heavier cash position, yeah. but from a restabilization perspective, um, we just listed a deal that was 26 units and ended up it had probably a million dollars in deferred maintenance. The dad built it, gave it to his daughter. She was in Florida. Wonderful gal, but didn't know how to manage it. The local management group that she had was just churning people in and out. It, these bed, these units were running for six, seven, seven hundred bucks a month, yeah. and they just left it like that for two decades. So we came in and we had we pitched it to fifteen folks off market. Ended up closing about one seven, one eight. Um, and I I know and believe in my heart that with some work, restabilization, get the rents, you know, even near market with some and handle some of that deferred maintenance. Can sell it for three to three and a half million. Yeah. Um, well, and I think it's important to note too. I mean, you guys do property management on the commercial side yes. as well. So if if uh, if somebody has a client that's looking to deploy some capital there, you could also help them take care of it through the the management side. Besides being their broker, yeah, that's yeah. Area, thank, so thank you for plugging that. Yeah, we have we have an amazing property management group. They only do commercial, but we do have some mixed use properties. We have some great residential firms that we kind of partner with on yeah. these mixed use spaces. Um, our firm loves and understands not just property management, but like they understand asset management. Yeah. And so they can help you kind of position your asset. Um, and then we as the brokers love doing the development deals too. Um, so we can talk about, we can walk you through as is versus as stabilized and talk you through market rents. Um, but that, that that's where the most, uh, that's where the best opportunity is yeah. At, yeah. at this point. Well, ground up construction. I mean, I've made mm-hmm. most of my money doing something from ground up. Yeah. I mean, versus in a reposition, but primarily it's ground up. Yeah. Uh, gets it there. So, um, well, before we jump ship here, any, uh, like last words in a sense of Montana? You know, you're, you're, you're standing here, you're, you're the economic development commissioner now yeah. for the state of Montana, and you're going, come to Montana. We're open. I mean, what, 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 what is the, you know, I, I don't I don't know how many there are, but I'm sure some top key things of why Montana. Yeah, I just think I think what we all experienced through the pandemic is that you know life is short and precious, and I think we're everyone put a new value on the quality of life, um, and maybe kindness and generosity, and kind of shook loose like what what actually is important. Um, the people in Montana are kind, we're welcoming, but for me, just being able to be uh, so there's it's a stable economy uh, that pays well. The real estate things are affordable. So even if, um, you know, so which allows you to, you know, if you want to travel out of state, great. Um, but we call it big sky country. Yeah. We call it God's country. We call it the last best place. And so what I found too is just, you know, I've got four young kids and, um, to be able to work there, but then take my kids to the mountains, be out in the open spaces, have the blue sky, have some quiet and peace. Um, you know, you can do great work in Montana with great people. Um, People are generous and kind. We have more nonprofits and billings per capita than anywhere else in the country. That's great. Um, so there's, it's a it's a generous, kind culture. And then just from from mental health perspective, being able to be outside. Um, billings has 300 sunny days a year, which is more than Miami. Yeah. So be outside. The air is clean. The tax. We don't have uh, proper. We don't have um, sales tax. Our property taxes are low. Yeah. So it's a very it's a very kind, nimble economy. And then from a mental health. In family perspective, it's incredible. So. Well, I got a feeling this podcast is going to have the same effect as Yellowstone. <laughs> for the 43% so, boost. Right. So for the two people out there with us here now, mom, dad, you, you live in Idaho, so you might want to move over to Montana now. 
But uh, but no, on a serious note, I mean, Ethan, I love our conversations. I mean, you and your partners, everyone we met, you know, Jen last night, who I met, who runs yeah. the management services. I mean, just just top rate people. Yeah. Well, and so uh, I'm happy to be related to you guys through the NAI Global Connection. Yeah. And um, anybody out there has any, you know, uh, questions for Ethan? I mean, what's the best way to get a hold of you, Ethan? Yeah, just Google NAI Business Properties. You'll find us on there. Um, my, my cell phone number is on the website, so just call or text. We'll put you in the right spot. We, okay. we have, we have uh, appraisal groups, uh, development company, brokerage management, or if you want to just talk, you know, let's talk. Come fly yeah. and have a beer. We'll, we'll figure it out. <laughs> fly fish, whatever it is you want yeah. to do. <laughs> bring, just bring some bourbon and then you'll make friends. <laughs> Not a problem. <laughs> All right. Well, I want to sign off. Thanks again, everybody, for listening. Uh, if you have any topics, any questions, anything for me, you can always reach me at Derek at DokeMail.com. So uh, I look forward to hearing from everybody. And everybody have a great day and happy hunting. Talk to you soon. Bye. Well, I hope you enjoyed this episode. If you should have any questions, please do not hesitate to reach out to me directly at Derek at DokeMail.com. Also, if you're interested in knowing more about how other brokers and agents are building a multi-million dollar real estate portfolio without using any of their own money, visit my website at www.theartofsyndication.com. Again, thanks for listening, and I hope you all have a great day.